Do you enjoy repeating the same mistakes over and over again? Well, neither do we. In today's episode, Brooke and I are going to be discussing our top three lessons that we learned in 2023. Hey, lady bosses. Are you working even after putting the kids to bed but still not getting results? Are you tired of spending money on ads that aren't getting engagement? Do you feel burdened that you aren't fulfilling your purpose in life because you are so consumed with work? I'm your host, Brooke Boltz. I'm an attorney and founder of Boltz Legal. I started my business and in one year was bringing in seven figures and am now bringing in multi-seven figures. And I'm your co-host, Rachel Boltz, owner of Boltz Media. I've helped many businesses build their online presence and increase their revenue through digital marketing. Wanna hear how we did it? We are here to help you achieve your goals personally, professionally, and spiritually. So kick off your high heels, Sit back and let's ignite that passion. We're Miss Biz, where we're putting the Miss in Biz. Let's get biz done. No matter how long you've been in your profession, you can always be learning. That's one of the reasons why I love my profession as an attorney is that every case has unique differences to it that allow me to constantly be challenged and constantly be learning. And as a business owner, I am equally committed to learning. But part of the process is to sit and reflect on the things that have happened during the year and recognize what lessons those are so that you can improve in years to come. So that's what we've done is we've sat down and looked at what are our top lessons from 2023 and we're excited to share them with you. Yeah, don't be an old dog, learn new tricks. And we wanna encourage you after listening to this episode to take that same time of reflection and think about the lessons that you've learned. Sometimes as business owners, we get so caught up in the hustle and bustle of life that we don't necessarily take the appropriate time to have that overview where we're thinking about the things that we've been through and the different experiences that we've had um, and how we can can best maneuver that moving forward. So take that time to really ponder on what you've learned and how you can implement new strategies to improve upon yourself and become the best version of yourself, whether that's personally, professionally, or spiritually. So Brooke, what was one of the top lessons that you learned in 2023? So for me, and I've shared this in the past that my business has kind of been in a transition period over the last year or so. The laws have changed in Florida, it's made my primary practice area be much less profitable than it was in years past. And so that's resulted in my income, my revenue being a lot less than it was a couple of years ago. And so my instinct is to be dissatisfied, dissatisfied with that. I want to be hustling harder and trying more and putting in more hours and just working harder and harder to get back to where I was and even to surpass that. So it has kind of been a year of personal development for me because I had a revelation which I feel was 
from the Lord that uh, one day just this question dropped in my spirit that was like, what do you not have that you did have a couple of years ago? And when I really pondered that, the only thing that I could look to that was different is that I'm not in putting as much money into investments. Aside from that, my standard of living hasn't changed. Um, my house is the same. My cars are the same. My uh, bills are the same. I'm still able to afford to go on vacation. I'm still, I, I still have more than enough money to have the same standard of living I always had. So the question was like, well, why then are you just so driven to just make more money? You have everything you need and beyond. And I, uh, and then in contrast, what I do have now that I didn't have a couple years ago is a higher quality of life in the sense that I have more of my time back. Um, a couple years ago, there's no way, for example, I could have started this podcast. Just the time that it takes for us to record each week and come up with the content, I just never could have could have committed to that with the caseload that I was carrying. So my quality of life and the availability I have to do things like community events that we've put on this year or um you know, marketing activities and things that I participated in this year, I wouldn't have had that time. I didn't have the time a couple years ago and I wasn't doing those things. So, um, my lesson was sometimes less is more and to appreciate where, where I am right now and listen and receive from the Lord. What is my purpose in the place that I am now. This is where I'm supposed to be and I can use it to the best of my ability to be effective um, with where I am and where he's put me at this place and just not to be so consumed with financial success or growth mindset. I think that's an excellent outlook that you provided because I can I can empathize with that because being a total type A personality go-getter, you know, you're just naturally designed to, okay, I achieved this. Now what's the next step? What's the next step? And always be on this upward incline. But sometimes the upward incline doesn't always have to be financial. You know, success isn't just a matter of achieving goals and your accomplishments. Success is about the impact and the value that you can make. And having that time to be able to invest in yourself, you know, build meaningful relationships in the community, spend that time with your family, you know, that is truly, truly priceless. You know, I've heard people say that, you know, I can always earn money, but I can never get my time back. So, you know, having that mindset where, you know, it's okay, I still have everything that I need. And now here are all the other benefits. Um, and just really trusting that that's God's will for you, at least right now in this time period. Um, it's just truly inspiring. You summarized it perfectly. You said it better than I did, but that is exactly... <laughs> 
how I feel. You know, I, I, that's the lesson I've learned. So, Rachel, what is one of your top three lessons you've learned this year? So, in regards to business, it's been a very good year for Bolts Media. Um, and but with that good year, there's been a couple of different life lessons that I've learned. And one of the ones was to never start a project without a contract being signed. Um, now, this is if you are wanting to get paid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of times when my friends come to me, I don't have them sign a contract, right? Because they're not a client, they're my friend, right? But when it's a really big service such as like a website design or something that, you know, I have to pay my team. It's not like I'm just doing the work myself. I have to pay my team. And sometimes it's a, it's a lot of money that I have to pay them. Um, you know, I have to have something in writing that says that they're going to agree to pay me. Um, and typically with friends, you know, or people that I was very familiar with, I wouldn't have them sign that contract just because they're my friends and I didn't want to make them feel like a client, you know, even though they had told me, yes, I'll pay for you. So two, two times this year, I had this happen where, um, you know, I had spent a bunch of hours, consultations, revisions, paying my team for big projects. And, you know, both of them decided, well, I don't, I don't want to invest in that right now. I've got, I've got other bills that I've got to pay. So it wasn't necessarily about like they were happy with it, but they were like, I just can't afford it right now. Meanwhile, I still have to pay my team for all of the work that they've done, regardless of whether they decide to go through with the payments. That was a big, um, very expensive lesson <laughs> that I learned this year. Now, if you're doing something for your friend and it's, you know, something that you're willing to donate, then that's completely different because it really doesn't matter if they pay you because you weren't intending on getting paid at all. But if it's, you know, you have a verbal agreement with a friend, they're like, yes, you know, I'm okay with your, your fees and make sure that they sign something in paper just saying that they're going to pay you to avoid any of those pitfalls. And that's a great advice too, because at the time they're signing the contract, they will do that reflection on, is this something I really want to do right now? And if without that, they just kind of maybe have the mindset of, well, we'll just see how it goes, you right. know, just see how it turns out. And then, and then they feel like it's, it was open-ended and they can not move forward with it. Not, maybe not realizing how much time and money you've already invested in, into it. So sorry, that was a hard lesson. <laughs> It's okay. It was a lesson and it was, it was a good thing that I had learned it when I did. And it wasn't necessarily like a super, you know, big project that, you know, was tens of thousands of dollars. So that, that is the way that I'm looking at it. And you best believe that won't ever happen again. <laughs> 
If you enjoy the Miss Biz podcast, but still have questions or need advice, we have some exciting news for you. Join us for Miss Biz Connects. Miss Biz Connects is a weekly one hour Zoom call on Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is one hour each week dedicated to you. We want to meet you and put our brains together to help you grow personally, professionally, and spiritually. To access the meeting link, visit us on our social media pages at Miss Biz Podcast or send us an email to MissBizPod at gmail.com. Join us this Friday and let's grow the Miss Biz Nation. So Brooke, what's the second top lesson that you learned this year? So the second lesson I learned is quality over quantity of relationships. Now I'll say the caveat that my business is relationship based and, but and when I've been thinking about this, some, some businesses, like let's say a product, for example, if you're selling a face lotion, you may not be so relationship-based. You may just be numbers-based. I need to get this product in front of X people because I know that a certain percentage are going to buy the product. So I need to be just constantly meeting new people to get this product in front of a higher number. And that was kind of the mindset I had going into the year was I need to just be meeting as many people as I can just anywhere and everywhere meeting a high quantity of people. And over the course of the year, and I, and I think I got that from looking at other businesses that were more like the product type business. I would see that they were just, you know, getting through the people one after the other, just they wanted to be in front of big groups. They wanted because just the more people you could get in front of at once, the better. And so that was some of the motivation from doing some of my bigger networking events with doctors and stuff was just getting in front of bigger audiences and meeting as many people as I could. I, there's still huge value in being in front of audiences. I'm not taking away from that. But the lesson I learned is that and this, this came from a conference. Someone asked, where do your best cases come from? Where do your best clients come from? And everyone said, it's word of mouth referrals from people who know you and trust you. And so you don't necessarily build that trust when you're just going through quantities of people. You can't create that level of relationship when you're just going from person to person. And, and I found that it was so hard because as I was meeting this higher quantity of people, I was thinking, well, I want to, I want to get to know them better. And so let's schedule a coffee or let's schedule a lunch, but there's not enough hours in the day. So the more people that I had that were, that I wanted to get to know, the less I was able to actually get to know them because I just couldn't, there's just not enough time to go continually meet with and talk to these people. There's just too many of them. So I learned the lesson of find your people. You know, when I would do these networking events, there would be let's say 40 or 50 people there. And I had the intention of, I'm going to try to make an impact and add value to every one of these people. 
And at the end of the day, there were some that just our relationships clicked or our personalities clicked and we just hit it off right away. And it was a very natural development of the relationship. And then there was others where it was kind of awkward and uncomfortable and we just didn't really hit it off. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't a natural relationship to build anyways. So I, I didn't really have to, now maybe you do have to be in front of a certain number of people to find the ones that you do click with, but I just don't feel like for 2024 that I have to be so focused on constantly finding new people that I can invest in the relationships that I've already started, but haven't been able to really build because I've been so focused on constantly always meeting new people. So for 2024, for example, I took a, I made a list of people that I really enjoy. Um, and I want to foster those relationships. And I asked my assistant to go through every quarter and schedule us for a lunch or coffee so that I'm sure to be connecting with them on a quarterly basis so so that it's on my calendar and I can't get too busy and forget about it. It's there and that means I'll do it. And, and so that's kind of the mindset that I have going into 2024 is I've already met a lot of people. I've already had a lot of clients. Why am I, those are frankly the most likely to refer me new cases anyways are the people I already know. So why am I always just trying to find more instead of really investing in those that I already know? Yeah, and I think by investing in the relationships that you already have, right, you're gonna have friendships that last a lifetime. Whereas if you're out, you know, kind of like Pokemon trying to catch them all, right, like you're not necessarily going to have a lifelong relationship with, you know, trying to meet as many people as possible. So I agree that really strengthening those bonds that you already have can be good. And you don't ever want it to feel like it's a chore, you know, because when you start meeting with so many people, you know, you start to get overwhelmed. You know, you've got this networking event, you've got coffee with this person, lunch with this person, you know, this other networking group, then you got, you know, a community event over here. It can get to be a lot and you could get burnt out. Um, so really cultivating the relationships that you already have and strengthening them to where they're unbreakable is going to give you a lifetime friend and a lifetime referral partner. And I'll as say well. one other caveat is that I've had my business now for six years. And so I'm at a place where I already have a bunch of people that I know that I can invest in. If I was day one, just starting out, then I would need to probably be a little bit more about quantity because I wouldn't have those relationships built yet to, or even identified yet to, to then build. So if you're new and you're just kind of starting out, you you do wanna kind of get out there and figure out who your people are. But once you know who they are, I just have found that, that I can invest my time and energy into those people who I really relate to. Uh, and, and then maybe add one here and there, but not be so, uh, consumed with just numbers, numbers, numbers. Yes. And to kind of, so the second lesson that I learned kind of 
kind of ties into that, but not really. Um, for me, time blocking that family time is really important because you can get in such a habit where you're trying to meet with so many people and strengthen the relationships that you're always gone, or at least that's what was happening to me. You know, I would have video and photo shoots on the weekend and networking events at night and then all of the work that I had to do that I just felt like I was constantly working. And I kind of had an epiphany where I'm like, you know, I do some, there will be times where I absolutely need to work on the weekend. If it's a big, big enough job, I need to be able to work on the weekend, but I don't need to work every single weekend. You know, I need to make sure that I'm spending adequate amount of time with my family. So I actually started blocking off time in my calendar where on, you know, on the weekends where at, like at least two or three weekends, you know, I'm spending that time with my kids. Um, I also have like a very hard shut off time at night where I don't do any work past that time because that's family time. Um, so that was something that I had to implement because I was getting into the habit where I was just constantly working and um, I really learned to start delegating more to my team. Um, and they're amazing. So because I'm able to delegate a lot of that stuff, I now have that time where I can block off family time um, and nothing else will get scheduled in that time unless it's an emergency, like, you know, somebody's hurt or something like that. But other than that, like family time is family time. And that's just an epiphany that I had this year. And that is so important and that goes to your quality of life too. I mean, we need that family time to decompress and uh, rejuvenate and it's our children need it as well and our spouse needs it. Like every, we all need that time away from work where we can just shut off our, our brains, which is hard. I know for you too, like we just are always thinking of new ideas. I dream and about work in my <laughs> sleep. Like it doesn't, it doesn't ever stop. Even though it stops, like it's really hard to, to mentally stop it sometimes. Absolutely. But I applaud you for setting those boundaries for yourself because you need it. And I remember when you were every weekend, it seemed you were out at, at shoots and video shoots. And, and I kept, I thought internally, um, this must be really hard for her to not be able to spend that time with your kids. Cause it's the only time you have really they're in school, you're working during the week and those evenings and weekends are the only time that you have. And then it's gone in an instant as we know, as they grow. So I'm really happy for you that you've been able to find a better balance. So my third lesson that I've learned in 2023 is that I don't have to be afraid of or exclude my competitors. And this kind of goes in line with the second lesson. Uh, when I started doing these networking events these, this year, I had the mentality at the beginning that I needed to be the only lawyer in the room. That was the whole benefit. They're coming to meet me and I'm coming to meet them. And as the only lawyer in the room, I'm excluding any competition. And I really realized kind of like I shared before that there are just certain people that I'm going to connect with anyways and some people that I'm not. And so I don't need to be the only lawyer in the room because 
I'm still going to connect with the ones that I connect with. And if there's another lawyer in the room, then it's going to bring more value to that other person who connects with them. And so if I wasn't going to connect with them anyways, then I'd rather them be able to connect with somebody else rather than it just seeming like a lost cause because they came to an event and didn't really make a relationship that has the potential to build upon. So that was a really big lesson for me because I, I have always viewed other lawyers as my competition and now I don't. Now I look at them as you have the people that are going to be your people and I'm going to have the people that are going to be my people and we can all work together to find who our people are. And that was a really, a really big learning lesson for me. So going into 2024, I've already talked with another couple lawyer friends that we're going to partner up to do some events together because we can be more impactful with uh, when we're joining forces than just all trying to build our own um, you know, empires independently. Skincare for aging and little black dresses. Obedient children who clean up the messes. High heels and purses and chocolate galore. When it comes to makeup, there are approximately 800 bajillion different types of powder that you can wear for your face. And over the course of many years, I've tried a lot of them. However, out of all of the ones that I've bought and tried out, this brand is my favorite. This is the Bare Minerals Bare Pro, and I'm wearing the shade Light 20 Neutral. And what I really like about this powder is that it's long lasting, and it really just gives your face that full photo finish. You don't even have to wear a foundation because the coverage in this is excellent. Absolutely. You know, that is so important because a lot of times the people that are doing the same thing that you are, are the ones that can help you the most. I have other friends that do digital marketing and we share advice and tips. You know, we'll ask each other, you know, have you ever came across this? What did you do when this happened? Or how did you do this? Um, And we just help each other. There's no hard feelings. Like we're just there to support one another and help each other grow so it's definitely better to have friends than rivals for sure 100 um so my third lesson was i really learned how to respond instead of react now it's always going to be a work in progress right because we're all human right but You know, in the Bible, and forgive me, I might misquote it, but it says to bless those who curse you. And I've really been trying to fill that in my life. Um, And it's almost like because I've been trying to fill that in my life that I've been tested. Um, But I had a situation happen earlier this year where um, I got a pretty nasty email um, and the person was very 
condescending, um, you know, basically just was very, very disrespectful. And, you know, I learned, okay, I'm going to take a big, deep breath and I'm going to pray for this person. And, you know, years ago, I probably would have just like immediately responded with, you know, the first thing that came to mind, you know, telling them about themselves. But this time I did it different and I didn't respond for like, I don't know, I got the email at night. I didn't respond till the next morning and I had prayed about it. I had thought about it. And then, um, I was able to respond with directness and grace. Um, because during that time of reflection, I was able to realize that, I'm probably not the reason why this person is responding this way. Like I didn't do anything to hurt this person. This person just simply saw something and then came to attack me. Um, and then I realized reflecting on things that this individual had told me previously, you know, this person has had a hard life has been through trauma and something I said or did might have triggered that. Um, so I had to learn to acknowledge their feelings. You know, I also had to stand up for myself. You know, I essentially said, well, I, I believe that you could have said the same thing um, a different way in a lot more kinder way. However, I do understand, you know, where you are coming from. And while I might not necessarily agree with what you are saying, I will work better to um, communicate with you better in the future. Um, and let's have a conversation where we can discuss this in full. So, you know, you have to sh set a boundary that shows that you're not going to allow somebody to, you know, disrespect you, but you also have to make sure that you're showing them respect. You're showing them love and grace in your response. So that's, it's a work in progress, but, um, that's what I'm trying to incorporate more. I can definitely relate to that and I am I have a lot of room for improvement in this area but one thing that I've implemented this year because I am one who is quick to get an email and get fired up about it and write back right away and then later think ugh I probably did more damage than good in what I said so I um I will type it out and then I will wait. And I usually end up deleting and rewriting it multiple times before it gets to the point that it's able to be sent without just making the matter worse. Um, and in my field, we are at odds all the time. We have opposing attorneys who are trying to tear down whatever we're trying to build. So it's adversarial and it's very easy to get fired up over things. And, you know, people are in, it's a high stress environment. So it's, it's over the years, I've had plenty of times that I have said and written things that I wished I didn't later out of immediate response and frustration or anger. 
You know we're all about that case, about that case, no trouble. All about that case, about that case, no trouble. All about that case, about that case, no trouble. All about that case, about that case. At Bolts Legal, we are all about your case. Text or call to schedule a free consultation for all your legal needs. BoltsLegal.com. And so, but I do think about you because you are much more patient in those ways. Even though you may feel a certain way, you don't say them <laughs> the way that I will, <laughs> the way that I will. You will, you will turn it around to focus on the positive. So you have been an example for me on how to be better at that. And I'm still trying to get there, but, um, you, I, from my perspective, you do a great job at de-escalating situations and coming back with a positive attitude. Well, it's all about relationship building. And like I said, it's, it's a work in progress, but you know, what I've learned, and I love that you brought up the thing about, you know, rewriting the email. Cause I do that with, with text messages too. I'll go into notes and I'll start writing, you know, what I want to respond with and then I'll wait and then, you know, I'll even pray about it and then go back and rewrite it. Um, but you know, kind of my frame of mind is I try to think, what can I say or do to resolve the situation or at least help bridge the gap or, you know, work on the level of communication or, or whatever is missing? What can I do to attempt to resolve this? Whereas, you know, years ago, you know, it, that wasn't my mindset at all. It was, I'm going to prove this person wrong with X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to attach these things. And, you know, but it's, it, you can't be like that, you know, and some people you're never going to be able to prove to them anything or, or show them anything because either they've been hurt or, you know, they're, they have some changes that they have to go through themselves to be able to see beyond themselves. And that's where you just got to kind of take a step back and think, okay, what is that person going through right now? Are they projecting this on me? Was this, you know, how, you know, what can I, and then what can I do, you know, in the future to prevent something like this from happening? But then what can I do in the now to try to restore this relationship? I like that. Focus on the things that you have in common versus the things that you are disagreeing on. In mediations, mediation is a settlement conference where we try to reach a resolution on a case. And the beginning of the mediation is always, okay, well, this is my point of view. And then the other side is like, well, you're wrong because, and then, we, and then I'm like, no, you're wrong because, and at some point I'm always like, okay, look, you're never going to convince me that your side of the case is right. And I'm never gonna convince you that my side of the case is right. But let's just talk about how much are you willing to pay? <laughs> and how much is my client willing to accept? Like, let's just talk numbers at some point because we're just wasting time trying to convince each other of our respective points of view. So anyways, I think that is a great lesson and something that we are all learning and working on on an ongoing basis. Yes. 
Absolutely. So now we want to hear from you. We want to hear what was your top lesson that you learned in 2023. We appreciate you and are honored to be on this journey with you. We can't wait to help you to encourage you and show you how to grow personally, professionally, and spiritually. If you found Miss Biz helpful, please leave a review and share with others. You can follow us on social media at Miss Biz Podcast. For legal questions or services, please visit boltslegal.com. And for digital marketing needs, please visit boltsmedia.com. Let's get biz done.